0: This is That's in the
1: That's in the Bible, episode number 96 How to Be Happy.
0: Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all
2: hold dear, how is that at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, save from the chastening rod. Seek we pilgrims trot christians away
3: jesus is coming.
1: well hello and welcome back to that's in the bible my name is eric glad you could join us for another episode of that's in the bible a podcast that we go through and take a look at a lot of different topics from the bible today's topic how to be happy and uh i know that uh Uh, Pastor Steve Bear has already got a start on that. He's pretty happy this morning, aren't you, Steve?
0: Well, sure. (laughs) I can't say that I'm happy all the time, but uh, I'm I'm feeling pretty good today. It's good to be saved, good to be semi-retired, good to be uh, friends with you guys. Um, I think it's pretty good.
1: Really? What more could you ask for?
0: Uh, Well, (laughs) there's more, but...
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll, we'll leave it at that right now. All right. All right. Well, let's check in with Pastor Strobel, see if he's happy.
4: Yes. By the grace of God, I am.
1: Pastor Strobel's happy. And uh, and Matthew, missionary to the Arctic, who is uh, not not quite in the Arctic today.
2: No, I am not. I, I lied to my father-in-law um, because I didn't want him to know where I was, so he didn't come looking for us, but... We're uh, in a place called Silver Creek, so it's down towards uh, Fredonia. But uh, nice little kind of cabin on the on uh, Lake Erie here, so it's pretty fun. It's been uh, been a good time. So our son, he's three years old. He's really enjoying himself. So he actually dipped himself all the way into the water and was having fun with the waves and everything like that. So it's been a good time.
1: So you're training him so when you go back to Point Hope, you can go on the beach there, huh?
2: Yeah, I want him to wrestle a whale.
1: You <laughs> want him to wrestle a whale. <laughs> Yeah. or a walrus or whatever those things are <laughs> washed up on the beach there yeah yep were those were those walruses what were those big things?
2: Yeah, the walruses and then they they have uh, uh, they call them ooh groups which are bearded seals a lot of them are seals.
1: Hmm. Have you ever seen any alive ones?
2: Oh yeah. yeah little baby ones too coming up on the on the shore and things like that
1: hmm. Well, I you know Steve wants to say something now.
0: <laughs> Steve, <laughs> wonderful. I, I didn't have the benefit of seeing all those creatures that you guys are describing when I was up there. So, uh, uh but uh my wife and I, b- believe it or not, when we were up there it was uh the um, uh, middle of November, I think we were, we came back uh almost into December. And um it was after Thanksgiving anyway. And uh we were in kotzebue sitting in a Chinese restaurant uh, looking out the window because we're waiting for our flight to go down to Anchorage, and uh, I saw this black thing out on the on the ice in the bay. And I'm looking and I'm looking, and it goes down in a hole and then comes back up again. And I, I realized it was one of those big seals and stuff like that. But it was pretty far away and and couldn't really see a whole lot of definition to it, so I couldn't have told you what kind of seal it was. But but uh, just the Spontaneity of that, and just seeing that the whole uh, bay was frozen over and and uh, stuff. So that was the, about the only thing that I saw up there that was uh, of any animal other than dogs. Uh, but uh, no seals, or whales, or walruses walked dried up on the well, sheet. On on was the that the, Was that the restaurant with the they have like mammoth husks? It might have been, I you know, I probably didn't even notice that. But they, I think they only had one or two tables in the whole place, and um, uh, I think there was another restaurant right next to it. But I mean, it, when you say restaurant, I'm I'm talking about probably <laughs> not any wider than my office here. <laughs> it was oh, very okay. Narrow. Oh, it was a different It was right on, that, different right, on the, uh, right on the bay. I mean, you had the street right in front of that and then went down into the into the bay there that you
2: looked yeah. across.
0: Saw the cottages on the other side of the I road.
2: know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm thinking about a different restaurant then right next to it.
0: Hmm. So, so,
1: I went so anyway,
2: to- if you go to Kotzebue, you know there's good restaurants there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, we sat there for about three hours uh, trying to eat our meal as slow as we could, <laughs> waiting for the. Because uh, we didn't want to sit in the in the airport for that long. That's a madhouse over there in the, in Conserve. Yeah. So.
1: I've never seen so many uh plastic totes in my life at an airport. Oh, oh yeah, as you see there.
0: All with all the duct tape. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: not, you know. I guess that's practical, right? And you, you can use it when you get to where you're going. But
2: yeah, everybody's bringing in their everybody's bringing in food and supplies and things like that. From a lot, a lot of people go to Anchorage and come back to one of the bush villages. Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. Well, Steve and I'll have to make a trip up to see you again, man. Yeah, Jen,
0: well, That'd be interesting. I don't know if my wife would let me go by <laughs> with you alone. She'd she'd be <laughs> tagging on behind me. She wouldn't want to leave the the grandkids uh, up there with just you and me. She'd be afraid for their lives.
1: <laughs> wow. What are you trying to say to you?
0: <laughs> well, you with your recumbent bike and uh, me with my golf clubs, you know, that would uh, <laughs> see how far I can hit out of the sand up there in, uh, in uh, Point Hope, Alaska.
1: Matt got to enjoy that recumbent bike. He's, he's He just said he would never ride a regular bike again. Oh, a lot of fun. Yeah, laying down. It's the way to go. You
2: can I have a sandwich on your stomach while you while you ride your bike or something <laughs> and eat while you're riding.
0: I was I was waiting for you to say there was a tray with that bike too. <laughs> yeah, it would be a good idea.
1: You can read some scripture while you're riding. Yeah. Got your Bible there, you do a little study. <laughs> Going downhill. Well, speaking of uh, Scripture and study and the Bible, we are at uh, episode number 96 today, which means we're closing in on 100. We do have some uh, That's in the Bible t-shirts that we will be um, giving away for free to the people in the continental United States. Um, and how does that work? Well, how that works is you send us an email to that's in the Bible at gmail.com. Or you can call our listener feedback line at seven one six five eight four one six one one, and um, we're going to take a leave your name, and we're going to um, take all the names, and we're going to pick out for as many T-shirts as we have those folks that uh, are lucky enough to be drawn will receive a T-shirt in the size of your choice, from small, medium, large to extra large. And if you go to the website, as Pastor Strobel reminds me, if you go to the website uh, today and you scroll down a little bit to where it says Final Fight Bible Radio, you will see a picture of Pastor Strobel dapperly wearing <laughs> wearing the <laughs> That's in the Bible T-shirt. Amen. So, and actually, you can't see the video, but uh, Steve's wearing one today, too.
0: Yes. Proudly, I might add. I said proudly. That's probably the wrong word to use right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll as get soon as I said that, we'll I said that that's the wrong study. word.
1: <laughs> well, I'm well pleased. Uh, <laughs> I'm well pleased that you're wearing it.
4: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that correction. <laughs> on a note, a couple notes on the, on the video, first of all, uh, Eric, if you could talk to our producer on the board there, just so that he's aware that your video is still on. This could become a little distracting during the study.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> let me, uh, let me, let me ask one of the uh, boys in the choir here to, uh, in the quartet, to turn that off. <laughs> Sorry about that.
4: Also, regarding the t-shirts, you mentioned that the people that were eligible were those in the continental United States. Does that mean that Matt's friends in Alaska and our listeners in Hawaii are not eligible?
1: That's exactly what that means.
2: That's Sorry, guys. It. What do you mean?
1: Unless, uh, you know, Matt wants to give you his.
2: I'll hand deliver it. Um,
1: I'm I'm only thinking of the, uh, you know, unless the Lord provides some windfall, the limited resources we have to send them around the globe.
4: I'll tell you this. If we get somebody, if we have a winner from Alaska or Hawaii, um, we'll go ahead and fund that. Uh, we'll take care of it. I'll, All right. I'll see that it's taken care of.
1: There it is. What about China?
4: <laughs> no, we said United States. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last Sorry. we checked, we, we hope this could change, but last we checked, China really wasn't united with the States. <laughs> uh, Fast becoming.
1: <laughs> uh, we don't take any political stance here. At That's in the Bible. Right. It's like to reiterate that. Speaking of political, did you happen to... There was a rally in Washington D.C. I think Edward Graham was there, and,
4: and uh, um, Franklin Graham,
1: a oh, Frank Graham, yeah. And the yes. um, vice president spoke. I just caught his speech, which was, I thought, really, really well done. I mean, I can't remember the last time I've heard a uh, president or vice president invoke the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and quote scripture.
4: Amen. Jesus. Yes, that was actually a prayer march, and my son uh, Wes and his wife attended that. Hmm. So hmm. they had they estimated, they were told the estimation was around like fifty thousand folks there in the mall in the area around, and they they walked around towards different the different monuments, and they had a little prayer schedule. And as the as they were walking or going to the different ones, they had different things that they were you know. Directed to, to pray for regarding our, our country from a, a lot of different areas. Um, matter of fact, I've got a little picture of that that he sent me, the little brochure that they used or the little digital thing they used. And, and if you'd like, I could try to send that to you yeah. so you guys could see it. <laughs> but um, at one point, at least, they said when he was having them lead in prayer, he said, just let's, we're going to pray and everybody just go ahead and pray out loud. And so you had all these voices just wow. talking to the Lord. And, Amen. I've been in prayer meetings like that where they just had everybody pray at once. And Mm -hmm. although for me, it's sometimes hard for me to concentrate on what to pray when they're doing that, it's still kind of an awesome thing to think that God hears every one of those voices individually and discerns them. Yes.
0: Yes.
1: Amen. It's amazing. And, you know, it it was uh, the little bit I've seen of it. uh, How long ago was that?
4: This this one here was Saturday, last Saturday. Mm.
1: You know, that's one of the things if I'd known about ahead of time, I would have gone. Would, amen would have driven, driven, driven down well, I think
0: that. the interesting thing about that and I, I don't watch network news so I, I don't really watch any news really at all but I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't cover that at all with the number of people that were there uh, I heard estimates of uh, well above 50,000 but amen. regardless of the of the number you know it's not reported uh, that something like that has taken place and uh, it just shows you to me anyway the bias of of the of the media and so forth so anyway God's uh God's God and he doesn't need all the publicity that they have uh, he's got enough to dish out on his own so praise the Lord for that
1: yeah it's just nice to see though isn't it you know to see uh Christians to get together and and do something uh, peaceful and positive and
3: mm-hmm. you know
1: just and to, to here, scripture quoted by, you know, our leaders is is great, you know, I don't know. So yeah, I would have definitely gone down for that if I if I had known ahead of time. I have to try and get on that mailing list or whatever it is. However, they come up with those things. Um, but as I said, we are approaching our one hundredth, Lord willing, episode, and um, because of that. Uh, we're going to have the That's in the Bible quartet
3: remind us. 100, 100, 100, 100, that's in the Bible.com is celebrating their 100th episode with this amazing intro jingle. Bringing you great Bible podcasts since 2009. 100. Thank you, boys. Never grows old.
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, Although I am. I'm I'm gaining years rapidly somehow. And uh, so, yeah, we, Lord willing, we're coming up to 100 episodes. Only took us nine years to get there, but (laughs) we're doing it. And we'll go ahead and have the uh, quartet do their other piece here about uh, where to call and and how to uh, send us an email to receive, possibly if you're drawn, including Hawaii and Alaska now to get your t shirt.
3: Have a question or topic that you want covered? Email us at that's in the Bible at or leave a phone message at 7165841611. God bless.
1: And that quartet is really. And, and thanks, guys. They do a fine job, but until we can get the baritones recorded and uh, get some of That'd that, we'll uh, have the baritones up here. That'd be on, fun. Online.
4: Are they, are they going to do a jingle, too?
1: I, I'm sure they could.
0: Well, uh, uh, somebody will have to write it out for us and make sure it's in our range and... Give us time to practice, and uh, you know we'd we probably get one in the next ten years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> For the two hundredth <200th> episode. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: we haven't sung together in, in a while. I mean, ever since this COVID thing, um, it's happened. We've had we've had opportunities of where we were asked to, but uh, every time. One of those came up, we were uh, canceled out, uh, Canceled uh, not we were canceled out, but the meeting was canceled out. So uh, we haven't uh, had not had a chance to, to sing uh, here for a while. So we'll get back, Lord willing, yeah. we'll get back singing again.
1: Next time I get up that way, we have some free time. I'll bring my uh, multi-track recorder and we'll... Uh,
0: good, we'll- good, we'll have to... Rehearse a little bit and get uh, get voices back together again.
2: <laughs> I've said they should uh, they should record a CD. I don't know why they don't.
0: Well, we've talked about going to um, uh, you know recording studio and stuff like that, but you know, with the boys having their kids and and you know just all the schedules, trying to get everything together, it's really kind of kind of difficult and stuff. So they're all working on their houses or. Working on this or that, and it's kind of tough to get get out well, anyway. So
2: a, any three of us here Pastor through You know, my dad. me, you know, if
0: somebody can't make it,
2: we'll join we'll in and take take their part, take their place.
0: So just are, let us know. Are you trying to? Are you purposely trying to throw me off?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, never live that down, what do we, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> my buddy.
0: Uh, I love you man. I love you.
1: <laughs> I know.
4: Well, just imagine if he didn't.
1: It'd <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> be rough. All right. Well, I'm I'm ready to get happy, but we have a commercial break. Is there anything else before we go to commercial and then Pastor Strobel brings the study on how to be happy that we need to cover before we uh, move on? Good. Can't think of anything. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's go to this commercial break, and we'll be right back. In a world where people think they came from monkeys, and monkeys came from goo, in a world that ignores the complexity of design, find out the answer to the age-old question, God or goo? Listen to all three parts in episodes 80, 82, and 83. God or goo? only on com. Can you believe that many of the things that you've been saying every day for years are straight out of the Bible? That's right. People throughout the world are quoting the Bible every day and don't even know it. Expressions such as a little birdie told me, by the skin of my teeth, jump for joy, And many, many more are straight out of the Bible. Find out how much Bible the world is speaking by listening to episode number 70, titled That's in the Bible, only on that'sinthebible.com. I have to tell you, I'm happy already after listening to that. I know.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Happy music. Very happy. Light and frolicking. I see butterflies yeah. and birds, sunshine <laughs> and flowers.
1: That's what it reminds me of. See how that creates Amen. a. Music can certainly create a mood. Amen. All right, Pastor Strobel, are you ready to make us all happy?
4: I'm ready to do my part. <laughs> all
1: right. <laughs> well, if you're ready, we're ready. So here we go.
4: amen let's go ahead and begin with a word of prayer father i do thank you for the opportunity today to uh, do another podcast i ask your blessing upon the message help me to be able to deliver uh, what ought to be delivered today Uh, there's so much different things that could be said and uh, help me to deliver what ought to be said without um, uh, going beyond and 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 longer or being overly tedious but but at the same time help me to get uh, in what needs to be done so bless i pray guide us And uh, help these things to fall on some ground that uh, is good ground and some ground that, if it's not good ground, would become good ground to be receptive, Lord, to these things that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Growing up, uh, one of the staples of my reading diet was the Charlie Brown Peanuts comics by Charles Schultz. And I didn't just read them in the Sunday comics, but I had books and books of them, uh, compilations of the ones that probably uh, no doubt first appeared in a newspaper, some on Sunday and some just during the week. In uh, Schultz's comics, in his Peanuts uh, strips, it was not uncommon for him to make uh, biblical references. Uh, He famously did this in his animated cartoon A Charlie Brown Christmas, which had Linus quoting from Luke chapter 2 about the birth of Jesus Christ while he was trying to explain the true meaning of Christmas. And in his regular comic strips, he'd he'd a lot of times insert biblical reference. Uh, Schultz himself seemed pretty well acquainted with the Bible, of course, with life, human nature. And he was gifted with the ability to offer some keen insight into our experiences, our desires in in a humorous format. And uh, often his punchlines... In the uh, comics, even when he used the scriptures, they, they would pack a punch of truth. And even when he didn't, they, they'd sometimes bring it together. And such is the case in one of his short four-panel comics that probably first appeared in a weekly newspaper in black and white. And while this did not contain a scriptural reference... Um, it did pack that punch of truth that uh, leads me right back to uh, the Bible. And I came across this strip years ago, likely in one of my books of the compilations of his comic strips. And, but the raw truth stuck with me and has for many years. And it shows Charlie Brown and Linus uh, leaning on the top of a brick wall, as they often do. Uh, elbows on the wall for Charlie Brown, his hands holding his face, Linus with one elbow on, on, and his other arm laying on the brick wall, and he's holding his face with his uh, one hand. And they're having one of their thoughtful conversations. And uh, it goes like this. First, Charlie Brown, he asks the question to Linus. He says, do you ever think much about the future, Linus? Linus says, oh, yes, all the time. Charlie Brown says, what do you think you'd like to be when you grow up? And Linus says, outrageously happy. And I think that Linus's answer there to Charlie Brown's questions and that two word punchline, outrageously happy, that's saying that's what he wants to be when he grows up, I think that really sums up the desire of every single human being. Not just wanting to be outrageously happy when they grow up, but uh, being outrageously happy now. I mean, when you stop and think about it, what does a person really want, but simply to be happy? Everybody wants to be happy. I've met some folks that aren't happy unless they're miserable, it seems. But but the truth is nobody really wants to be unhappy. Nobody really wants to be sad. Nobody really wants to be miserable and depressed. We all want to be happy. And and we'd like to be outrageously happy. However, in a pinch, I think we'll settle for just happy over unhappy if all we can get is just happy. And on today's podcast, I want to help you in your quest to find happiness. And I have been preaching about this subject uh, in Sunday mornings on Sunday mornings at our church for a good while now. This past Sunday, I preached uh, message number nine on the subject, how to be happy. And obviously I can't cover all those things that I've covered in those messages, and I, I won't even try. Um, and even the ones that I do cover, some of them I'll not be able to go into the depth of each point that I, I would uh, like to, but I'm gonna give you some of the highlights. And these things will work if you work them, because that is in the Bible, uh, things about how to be happy. Now, as I said earlier, uh, everybody wants to be happy, but the big problem lies in the differing opinions of what people think it takes to make them happy. And then of course the inability of many of those things to deliver. And for a lot of people, the pursuit of happiness is like chasing a leaf, uh, during a windy day. Or a little piece of paper that gets loose. And about the time they approach it and think they can grab it, a big gust of wind comes and blows it out of their grasp. Uh, Obtaining happiness for many is like reaching your hand into a vapor and trying to grab onto that vapor and hold it. And because for many people, happiness is just that elusive. But um, what people want is is they want happiness. and, And don't make any mistake about it. What people really want is lasting happiness. And if they can't find lasting happiness, what they're going to try to do is fill their lives with a bunch of things that bring them temporary fleeting thrills of happiness. But what they really want is they want perpetual happiness, because really, ultimately, what good is happiness that comes to an end if its end means being miserable for the rest of or the bulk of your existence? So I'm going to talk to you about how to be happy, and this will be a Bible guide to happiness. And because, you know, folks, amid all the varying opinions about how to be happy, the Bible is the authority on that subject, just like it is on uh, so many other subjects of life. And on all the subjects that it speaks about, the Bible is the authority on those subjects. And you can find real answers in the scriptures. The world, it, it doesn't know how to be happy. I mean, just watch them. This world is filled with a bunch of miserable, unhappy, discontented people that really don't mind telling you about it. And they don't mind blaming you for it. And be that as it may, I want all miserable people everywhere to know you don't have to be miserable. You can be happy. And I really think it's important for people to know that because I've counseled and met with a lot of different people in my life. And especially as a pastor in that pastoral capacity. And I'm going to tell you, not everybody knows that. Not everybody knows that they can be happy. There are some people that think it is not possible for them to be happy, but I want you to know unequivocally, according to the scriptures, according to the word of God, that it is possible for you to be happy. And I want you to know that even in light of the bad things that have happened to you, and, and I'm I'm sure I'm talking to somebody right now that has had some pretty bad things happen to you. But I want you to know that even in the light of those bad things that have happened to you, there is a God in heaven who can overcome those things and bring you true and lasting, lasting happiness. Because as the scripture says in Luke one 37, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. There's nothing too hard for the Lord and he can do that. There are even some Christians who have misconceptions about happiness. Uh, one day, uh, many years ago, I was talking with a Christian, uh, young man, I, I say young man, um, you know, past college age type of of young man in in that area. Maybe he was just like at a college age, maybe mid-college age at that point. But um, uh, this guy had one of those misconceptions on uh, happiness, and, and he put that misconception on me, and he stated it like this. He said, God never promised us happiness. He promised us joy, but he never promised us happiness. Now, when you first hear a statement like that, it almost sounds profound. You might be even like, uh, "Hmm, wow. However, this statement that God never promised us happiness, folks, it's simply not true. And, and to make a statement like that, it, it's, it's a hasty statement made by somebody who is ignorant of what the Bible says on the subject. And so I proceeded to to tell the guy as much kindly as I could and proceed to show him uh, why he was wrong, because the fact is that God does promise us happiness. He promises it. But like so many of his promises, God's promise of happiness is a conditional promise. And that is to say, there are certain conditions that have to be met in order for you to claim uh, this promise. God's uh, condition number one that we're going to talk about, if you want to be happy, and we'll start right at uh, The starting point, ground zero for us. Condition number one, if you want to be happy, is this. Uh, The first thing you're going to need is salvation. As If you want to be happy, get saved. If you're not saved already, get saved. So salvation is really the first thing a person needs to to be happy and then lay the foundation for the happiness for the rest of his life. Now, again, I know some folks can find fleeting moments of happiness, bits and pieces there, uh, without salvation and, and folks do that. And they're trying to do that. But I'm talking about the real happiness, the, the one that's going to last, the one that is, uh, deep seated and deep rooted, uh, the one that is the key really to your ultimate happiness, both now and forever. Now in Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 29, uh, the, be- the beginning of the verse says this, happy art thou, O Israel. Who is like unto thee, O people, saved by the Lord? And in this verse, uh, it is acknowledged that Israel was happy because they were saved by the Lord. Again, happy art thou, O Israel. And then from at that point, you have a colon. And what you have going on after the colon is a further exposition, an explanation of what he had said before the colon. So when he says, happy art thou, Israel, and then follows that up with, who is likened to the old people saved by the Lord, uh, the connection is uh, one of the reasons they are happy or the primary reason they're happy right there in that verse is because they have been saved by the Lord. So the first thing that anyone needs to be truly happy is to be saved by the Lord. And certainly this translates right into the New Testament for us uh, as well. Uh, There's another place where this is indicated, and that's Psalm 144, verse 15. And that verse says, Happy is that people that is in such a case, yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. And again, the uh, first part of the verse and the last part of the verse is separated by a colon, and the happiness is connected to uh, the people being uh, people whose God is the Lord. And, and then again, it says it in the last part of the verse, it says, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Now, that means when the when God is your Lord, then, then you'll be happy. The Lord becomes your God, or, or that is when, when your God is the Lord. When, when the Lord, the Lord of all, is your God, that's when you get happy. The Lord becomes your God when you receive the Lord as your own personal Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ is the Savior, and he is God in the flesh, and when your God is him, Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. So if you've never gotten saved yet, the first thing you need to do to get happy is to get saved. It's like the children's Sunday school song says, and by the way, we have this actually in our songbook book. And sometimes we sing this uh, as a congregational with the uh, adults and children uh, together, but it says happiness is to know the savior, living a life within his favor, having a change in my behavior, happiness is the Lord. Happiness is to be forgiven, living a a life that's worth the living, taking a trip that leads to heaven. Happiness is the Lord. Real joy is mine, no matter if the teardrops start. I've found the secret. It's Jesus in my heart. And that's it. That's it. Folks, uh, they will search this whole wide, wide world over looking for happiness. But real happiness is found in salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is accessible From anywhere. You don't have to go to a certain location to find him. You don't have to go to a certain building to find him. There are certain locations and buildings and and the company of certain people that that might make it easier to find him, but he can be found anytime, anyplace, anywhere, from any point on this globe. uh, He is available. The Lord Jesus Christ is the foundation for your salvation and thus the foundation also for your happiness. And and I like a lot of people, I've been on both sides of the fence. I've been lost and now I'm found. And like many other people, I can tell you from firsthand experience that a saved person is happier than a lost person. The The worst day that I ever had as a saved person is better than the best day that I ever had as a lost person and and i can testify along with uh, so many other uh, people that have been saved and that 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 grasp this and are content in the lord uh, i can testify that testify that a bad day saved is better than a good day lost you see sometimes that bumper sticker you know that says a uh, uh, you know a bad day fishing is better than a good day at work well well uh, modifying that to salvation a bad day saved better than a good day lost and uh, you look around you can see the happiest people on earth are saved people. now, I'll grant you there are some saved people that are miserable, but that's not God's fault. that's theirs. God in salvation has given us the key to happiness again, our scriptures, Happy art thou, O Israel, who is like unto thee, O people saved by the Lord? Have you been saved by the Lord? then one of the things that goes along with that, that is happiness. And, and you ought to be able to just rejoice in the happiness that God has given you, just being saved. Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. That's the promise. And so saved born again Christians, really, they are the happiest folks on the face of the earth. And, and what is it that makes a saved person so happy? Well, I'll give you some things. Uh, first, he knows that his sins are forgiven. Before I got saved, I was living with the nagging concern of appearing before God at the judgment. I mean, I carried the heavy load of sin, and I dreaded the day when uh, that would all be brought back out into the open. And the Spirit of God bore witness to me of my pending fate of judgment to come. And I, I was troubled by it. Now, the Bible indicates it with uh, some other verses. It says, for God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. I didn't know those verses but the spirit of God was bearing witness to that truth and uh, my judgment was pending my my impending doom was was hanging there uh, like uh, the axe of judgment ready to fall uh, Luke 12:2 for there's nothing covered that shall not be revealed neither hid that shall not be known Matthew 12:36 by saying to you that every idle word that men shall speak they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment And I tell you, the the load of unforgiven sin and my appearance before the judgment to answer to God, that weighed heavy upon my soul. But on April 25th, 1980, in the back of a little country church, that load was lifted when after calling upon the name of the Lord for salvation for the first time in my life, I knew I was saved. I knew I was saved and I began to continue to talk actually after, uh, you know, praying that prayer and the pastor was explaining and showing me verses like first John 5:13 about, um, assurance of salvation and the light began to shine in my soul and the spirit of God began to bear witness. And, and I knew I was saved and you talk about happiness. I mean, it was joy unspeakable and full of glory. I mean, what makes a Christian so happy? He knows that his sins are forgiven. And then he also knows that he never has to worry about going to hell. Before I got saved, I wasn't just concerned with standing before God with my sins. I was gravely concerned about what would happen after that. I knew that my eternal soul would live forever in one of two places. And I didn't want to go to hell. I mean, I'd think about it, even as a child, I would think about if I go to hell, what's it going to be like? I mean, I'm never going to get out. I'd lay in my bed and I'd think about it. I mean, I thought, you know, if I, if I was only going to go there and be in hell for, you know, a hundred years, I could even handle that. Cause I was going to get out for a thousand years but the time of being in hell would be forever. And I, I I understood that. I didn't understand a lot about the Bible, but I understood that with um, the religious upbringing that I had. And again, the Holy Spirit, he bore witness to my soul of this Bible truth, this place of called hell of fire prepared for the devil and his angels, where lost souls go, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night, and where their Worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. I didn't want to spend my forever in a place like that. And when I got saved from my sins, I got saved from hell. And that's how it works with everybody that gets saved. And so the saved, born again child of God, he can rejoice that he no longer has to worry about going to hell. He can pillow his head at night in peace and wake up in the morning with a hope that is both sure and steadfast. Amen and amen. Uh, What makes a saved person happy? He knows his sins are forgiven. He knows he never has to worry about going to hell. And he knows he's on his way to heaven. Prior to salvation, the Holy Spirit also bore witness in my soul of the bliss and the blessing that I could gain in heaven. And I would think about it and I would understand it to be really and truly uh, life lived happily ever after. Forever. And I began to desire this future above all else. It, it became the main focus of my life to make sure that I knew I was going to heaven. Going to hell, you think about, uh, is bad enough with all of its aforementioned torments. But one of the worst things about going to hell is missing heaven. You know, in the weeping, the wailing that takes place at the judgment, uh, I think it's not just going to be because of the lost are headed for the lake of fire. I think they're also going to be hit with the stark realization that they have missed out on the most beautiful and satisfying blessings of all. And that is an eternity in heaven. And now it's too late to do anything about it. I think when that hits them, that's going to contribute to their consternation and their, their misery and, and just realizing that they had the opportunity and they didn't take advantage of it. And now it's too late. Contrast that though, with the saved person, knowing that he did what he needed to do and getting saved trust in Jesus as a savior. Not not because of his own good works, but knowing that he was saved by grace through faith and uh, put his faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ through the gospel as the scriptures give it to us. And, and oh, the happiness of knowing that you're saved and on your way to heaven. Happy are those that know that. Happy are they. Heaven's a wonderful place filled with glory and grace. And in, in thy presence, the Bible says it's fullness of joy at thy right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. Salvation brings a happiness that lasts forevermore. That's what lost people in this world want. They they want a happiness that lasts forevermore. Uh, They just don't know where to find it. They don't know how to find it. They they don't know what it is. And they wind up looking for that happiness in all the wrong places. That happiness is available to them and it's all wrapped up in the Lord. And Jesus Christ is the Lord. And as it is written, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. So the first thing you need in order to be truly happy is salvation. Now, I quoted you Psalm 144, verse 15. I want to give that to you as we get ready for our second point. I want to give that to you along with the verse prior to that. So this is Psalm 144, verses 14 and 15. It says that our oxen may be strong to labor, that there be no breaking in nor going out, that there be no complaining in our streets. Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. So we gather from verse 15 that not only as it says at the end of the verse, "Happy is that people whose God is the Lord, but happy that is that people that is in such a case. And not only do we have a further comment about that um, after. It's it's stated in that verse. The connection is to what had just been being stated, and the last thing that had been stated was that there be no complaining in our streets. And one of the things that's going to make that situation happy is the lack of complaining. And so I want to uh, give you this thought number two uh, about how to be happy: uh, don't complain, don't complain. Now, granted, you can't keep other people from complaining. And, and, you know, in this blissful time that he refers to in Psalm 144, verse 14 and 15, when things are going well, there will be no complaining. So that's the individual not complaining and the folks around them. And, and we can't keep other people from complaining. And that could put a damper on your happiness. But you can keep yourself from complaining, and that will help you to be happy. Uh, we can't control everybody else and make them do what we want and uh, they can't control us and make us do what they want. But, but you know, the person you can control is you and you can, and and you need to, but complaining, you know, complaining can drive you crazy, whether it's somebody else doing it or whether it's you doing it yourself. But again, you can only control what you do. So let's, let's contemplate that for a bit. I will say this, if, You tend to hang around a friend that's making you miserable by complaining because it's all they do is complain. You might have to limit your time with that person, your fellowship with them. Uh, Certainly try to get them to snap out of it, but if they won't, you know, you might have to just, you might not, you might have to just kind of find somebody else to fellowship with. And, uh, when it's all said and done again, though, the only person you can really actually stop from complaining is yourself. So again, we're going to focus on that. Uh, Would you be happy? would you be happy? The answer is yes. Cause you would, you, you may, you may play, you know, hard and stoic, whatever, but, but you'd like to be happy. So would you be happy then quit your complaining? And, and if you're not a complainer, don't start. You got a good thing going if you're not a complainer and, and it is contributing to a more happy demeanor for you. Uh, David said the people that exist in an atmosphere that is absent of complaining is a happy people. Now, I am going want to show you or tell you, or you can look it up, but the first time the word complain shows up in the Bible in any form, and that is in Numbers chapter 11, verse number one. And it says, and when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them, and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. So, so they complained, and it displeased the Lord. Well, notice God wasn't real happy with their complaining. You know, it's, it's hard to be truly happy when the Lord is displeased with you. And, and his anger was kindled. And it's hard to be happy when God's angry with you. And the fire of the Lord burned among them. I mean, and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. Judgment came down. It's, happy to, it's hard to be happy when uh, judgment has come down upon you and is coming down upon you. Let me give you uh, another reference to complaining that's insightful. Is Psalm 77. This is verses 2 and 3. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. Now this is Asaph. And this complaining that Asaph acknowledged doing uh, I should point out it's different than pouring out your heart to the Lord or your complaint to the Lord in prayer. And in Psalm 102, the title indicates that uh, that Psalm is going to be all about, you know, pouring your complaint out to the Lord. So, so it's okay to pour your heart and your complaint out to the Lord. But pouring out your, your complaint to the Lord is different than complaining to the Lord that you've got this issue and you're, you're going to cast it on him. But this complaining that Asaph was doing was like the normal complaining we understand. We just complain and complain with really no view to a solution. And he said, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. And and the thing that overwhelmed his spirit was c- his complaining. He was already in trouble. He was already having some difficulty, but complaining just made it worse. And after he complained, his spirit was overwhelmed. And we can sometimes make a bad situation worse by just complaining about it. We think complaining helps make us feel better, but, uh, usually you wind up in a lot worse shape after you're done with your complaining. And again, you can't cut out the complaining of the rest of the world, but we can cut out our own. Uh, the world is bent on complaining and complain. They do and complain. They will until Jesus comes and stops their mouths. And by the way, when he comes, he will. Uh, Jude verse 14 through 16 says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lusts, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words of uh, great swelling words, having men's persons and admiration because of advantage, when Jesus Christ comes back to the second advent, He's going to shut up those complainers, those that are speaking against God and speaking against him and speaking against, uh, how things are in in this world, uh, this world that belongs to the Lord and he'll shut them up, he'll shut them up and, and again, where we are today what we can control is us. So let me just say, some of you would be amazed at how much happier you'd be if you would quit complaining so much. Happy is that people that is in such a case, what case where there's no complaining in our streets. So, so try it. You'll like it. And by the way, so will everyone that has to listen to you. How does one quit complaining? Well, you can start by counting your blessings. You know, why God uh, was upset so much with the people complaining, Uh, In Numbers chapter 11, verse 1, is because he'd been so good to them. I mean, these people were truly blessed. And this brings up something else I need to point out. Uh, Some people equate the word happy in the scriptures with the word blessed. But while those two words might be close relatives, they are different individuals. Sometimes, uh, a lot of times, unfortunately, Bible teachers and preachers will overthrow the word blessed with the word happy when they're expounding the scriptures. Um, or maybe should I, I should say when they're executing the scriptures. Uh, some folks, they just have a hard time taking the King James text as it stands. And so if it says, that, um, uh, says the word blessed, they'll try to say, well, that means happy. Well, it doesn't always mean happy. There's a great distinction between blessed and being happy. While it is true that all happy people certainly are blessed, not all blessed people are happy. And all blessed people should be happy, but it's not always the case that they are. Sometimes there's people that are genuinely blessed and they're just still not happy. And the truth is every saved person, every saved person, he's truly and genuinely blessed. And saved people also have many blessings that go along with their salvation beyond just being saved. But again, not even every saved and blessed person is happy down here on this earth. I I reiterate, they ought to be. They ought to be. But I have known many a blessed individual that was miserable, saved or lost. I've known many a blessed, saved individual that was miserable because just being blessed doesn't make you happy. Not everybody. For, for that blessing to be transformed into happiness, there needs to be a recognition and an understanding and an appreciation of the fact that you are blessed. And in Numbers chapter 11, the children of Israel, they were blessed. They were blessed with many things, but they were not happy with their blessings. And instead of taking inventory and counting their blessings, they complained about their circumstances. And look, complaining is no way to be happy. It's no way to be happy. I mean, you watch people and listen to people when they're complaining. And when you watch somebody that's complaining, sometimes, you know, the veins are popping out of their necks and their head and and they're practically foaming at the mouth. And you tell me, do they look happy? A, A complaining person is an unhappy person. A complaining husband is an unhappy husband. A complaining wife is an unhappy wife. A complaining parent is an unhappy parent. A complaining child is an unhappy child. A complaining teenager is an unhappy teenager. And a complaining Christian is an unhappy Christian. And on the other hand, a contented person is a happy person. Uh, Count your blessings and be content with how good God's been to you. You know, a contented husband is a happy husband. A contented wife is a happy wife. A contented parent is a happy parent. A contented child is a happy child. A contented uh, teenager is a happy teenager. And folks, a contented Christian is a happy Christian. A contented person is not a complaining person. And therefore, if you would quit complaining, if you want to quit complaining, learn to be content with such things as you have for, he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And in that verse, you come to understand that as one of the hymns in our hymn book says, Jesus Christ is made to me. All I need, all I need. The apostle Paul, he was a happy Christian and he was a happy Christian because he was a contented Christian. And he learned to be this way. We're not naturally this way, but Paul learned to be this way. And that's why he says in Philippians 4, verse 11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. And that's a great truth, a great verse, a great verse to commit to memory. Philippians four eleven. So if you are a complainer, you know, it's time for, If you're a complainer, it's now time for you to be a repenter, and and that can help you become contenter, which may not actually be a proper word, but uh, it, it fits for this situation, does it not? And being contenter will help you be a happy Christian, and that is a lot better way to live than to be a complainer, or perhaps what some of you have been doing, how some of you have been living. All right, let me give you another thought, a third thought. Uh, if you would be happy, help someone in need. Proverbs fourteen twenty one. He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, but he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. So here's here's somebody that's poor. They they're in need, and it's pretty obvious in this verse that having mercy on the poor in this context is, is given to ha- giving to help them out. Um, this idea is corroborated in Psalm thirty seven twenty one, where at the end of that verse it says, the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. So giving there is, is uh, equated with showing mercy or showing mercy is, is demonstrated there by the giving. And if you wanna be happy, find somebody that's in need and, and be a help to them. Uh, you can, of course, give money. That's one way to do it. But you can give of your goods or possessions to help them out, but you can also give of your time. You can give of your talent, uh, yourself, your energy, your, your efforts. You can give of yourself to be a blessing to somebody else and whatever, whatever you do to help out another can not only bring happiness to them, it can bring happiness to you. It it tends to do that. And so I will ask you to think about this. Do you ever do anything to help those in need? Somebody that has a need and there's all kinds of needs. I mean, needs are not always just financial or material needs. Sometimes somebody needs some uh, support uh, emotionally, spiritually. But if you don't reach out, you just keep all of what you got to yourself. Selfishness is a sure way to unhappiness. And one of the best things for your heart and for your happiness is to help out somebody else. You know, I um, uh, mentioned Charles Schultz earlier. Uh, another Charles, Charles Dickens, he famously illustrated this thought in his um famous story, A Christmas Carol, Carol, with uh, the character that he named Scrooge. And that old geezer Scrooge in the story, he was a miserable, penny-pinching, self-serving, money-grubbing snob who cared for no one but himself, as the story begins. And and you know the story probably, but uh, Scrooge, he got a good dose of reality, and realizing that he had the means to help those in need, uh, when it got to the end of the story, uh, he had a new outlook, and and that's just what he wanted to do. And, And so he did. And the story that began with a miserable wretch of a man ends up with a happy Scrooge. And because Scrooge has come to be synonymous with uh, somebody that's miserable, it's hard even to think of those two terms together. They seem to be, you know, at opposite ends of the spectrum, happy Scrooge. But that's how he ends up. Happy because of a change of heart, which led him to help out some folks that were in need. It'll do something for you. And again, there's so many needs in this world that you wouldn't have to uh, go far or look far to find someone that you could be a blessing to. And for this, let me also cite another great old hymn, uh, an old hymn, which maybe ought to be your prayer. And it goes like this out in the highways and byways of life. Many are weary and sad. Carry the sunshine where darkness is rife making the sorrowing glad. And and here is the prayer uh, part of that song that I refer to. Make me a blessing. Make me a blessing. Out of my life, may Jesus shine. Make me a blessing, O Savior, I pray. Make me a blessing to someone today. That'd be a good prayer to pray. And, and, and here's a, another hymn that's, uh really exhorts you And it goes along with this, but uh, it says, brighten the corner where you are. Brighten the corner where you are. Someone far from harbor you may guide across the bar. Brighten the corner where you are. And I want you to know that as you brighten the corner where you are, you will not only bring brightness, happiness to another, but as you are yourself in that corner as well, that brightness will shine upon you also. And again, the Lord says, he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. There's just joy that comes with giving. I mean, there's just something about it. It it brings a blessing, which when properly understood and grasped, can bring joy. And our Lord Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. Sometimes when you're just down and depressed, uh, just go out and find somebody else that's in, in worse shape than you. Uh, I mean, some of our visits are limited today with, um, the COVID-19 and the still, you know, being, rest- putting restrictions upon us. And, but, uh, when you have the opportunity, you might be able to do a little bit more, uh, go out and find somebody in, in a nursing home maybe visit a nursing home and be a blessing to somebody. But even without going to places like that, there are people out there you can be a blessing to somewhere or another can give a phone call. You can still uh, get out tracks out there. Sometimes when you're down and depressed, I mean, just get you a fistful of tracks. Go out there and find somebody to give some to. And the Spirit of God starts stirring up inside of you. And before you know it, you'll, you'll be bubbling uh, from the inside out in a good way. Amen. So happy is a person that uh, tries to be a blessing and help somebody that's in need. He that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. All right. Uh, let me give you another thought. Uh, Proverbs 28, verse 14. This verse says, Happy is the man that feareth Alway, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. So, number four, happy is the man that feareth Alway. Now, just thrown out there as a statement by itself, I mean, no doubt there's a lot of people that would uh, think uh, this strange to say, Happy is the man that feareth Alway. And, and there's a lot of people, if this statement were just thrown out and they didn't know the source of it, even if they were. Christians, there's a lot of people who would probably disagree with this statement. Uh, You tend not to think of somebody who is always afraid as a happy person. You might call them a paranoid person, which again, is not the type of person that you think of as a happy person. However, if the Bible makes the statement, then it it must be so. We know it's got to be right. And if God says happy is the man that feareth always, then there's got to be something to that. and, And there is, and this fear that the Lord talks about here is not the spirit of fear which God has not given us, according to 2 Timothy one seven, but it is the spirit of the fear of the Lord that God has given us and gave to the Lord Jesus Christ, according to Isaiah 11, verses 1 and 2. Now, the contrast between the first half of uh, Proverbs 28, verse 14, and, and the last part is worth noting. As well, because in the first part you've got a guy happy because he's fearing always. On the second part, you've got a guy hardening his heart and falling into mischief. So, if the first guy is happy because he's fearing always, and the second guy is hardening his heart, and that's the contrast, then then he's saying as much as this: Here's a guy that's happy in the first part, and here's a guy that's not happy in the second. The guy that's happy is the one fearing always. The, the guy that's not happy is one hardening his heart and falling into mischief. And, you know, when you harden your heart, uh, you tend to go into sin. The Bible talks about it. And I think it's Hebrews 3, 13, exhort one another daily while it's called the day, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So the happy person, the fear he's talking about, again, it's that fear of the Lord that tends to keep you away uh, from sin. And, and that's a happy person while the unhappy person lives in sin. And because folks, sin is the enemy of happiness. It's the enemy of happiness. The fear of the Lord tends to lead to right living, and and the uh, sinful or the uh, not having a fear of the Lord tends to lead to wrong living. And here we are, you know, in uh, 2020. I mean, uh, we we think it's maybe sometimes a condition that's peculiar to to the year in which we live. But uh, I guess this was going ar- around for since at least 60 AD and no doubt even before that, but in Romans 3:18, the apostle Paul says there is no fear of God before their eyes. And so it's not only true, uh, in society today, it was true back then, but, but that's by and large where we are today. We're uh, living amongst the people that are living with a severe lack of the fear of God, and that leads to their sinful behavior because the fear of God makes a person cautious in his behavior. While no fear of God makes a person morally reckless. So again, hey, welcome to our world, a world in which people are living with no fear of God. They're being morally reckless and and a a world in which morality is being thrown to the dogs at an an increasing and an alarming rate. And it's all spawned again by a lack of the fear of the Lord. You know, people, uh, they, they go after sin thinking that it's going to satisfy their soul and make them happy. But sin is not capable of patching up that empty place inside the soul. I mean, I think trying to patch the soul with sin is like trying to patch the bottom of a boat with a screen. Again, sin is the enemy of happiness, but the fear of the Lord leads you away from sin, Proverbs 14, 16, a wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. And many of the people in our day and age are living on right, not in the middle, but right on one side or another in that verse where somebody fears and departs from evil. But then we have so many running around like uh, the fool that's raging about their sin and is confident in it, but it does not lead to their happiness. And and they continue to try to pursue it like that elusive leaf or piece of paper on a gusty day when the wind blows it out of their uh, reach. Now, briefly, I'm going to give you uh, the next two. Uh, Proverbs 3.13, happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. I, mean, I could spend the whole podcast just on, on that subject alone. But there's two things in there that bring about happiness, and that's finding wisdom and getting understanding. And those two things are, are two of the three main elements that, that get talked a lot about in Proverbs wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. They're related to each other, but different. Uh, understanding, as you get uh, understanding, and God begins to open up things to you and they make sense about the Bible and about what goes on in your life. Man, that brings about happiness. As you find wisdom in the scriptures, that brings about happiness. So sometimes you hear a good message or a good Bible study, Sunday school or a Wednesday night Bible study, and man, the Lord's opening up things to you. And boy, it brings about a measure of happiness to you. Sometimes you're reading your Bible and the Lord shines the light and, and man, you find something, you discover a nugget in there and boy, it's, it's exciting. And it brings you happiness. So happy is the man that findeth wisdom. So keep digging in the scriptures, keep looking for those truths and nuggets and, and watch God increase your happiness. And again, I, I'd like to spend more time on that, but, um, but the time is uh, getting on. And so I, I want to just bring out another thing after the Lord says Proverbs in Proverbs 3, 13, happy is the man that findeth wisdom, uh, down in verse 18, continuing to talk about wisdom. It says, she again, being wisdom, she is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her and happy is everyone that retaineth her. And here's the thing about that. A person gets happy when they find wisdom, but then they stay happy when they retain that wisdom. Sometimes folks discover wisdom, they get happy, but they don't do anything about it. Or they do something about it for a while, and then afterwards they they let it slip. And when they let their wisdom slip, the happiness slips because you get Happy by getting wisdom, and you stay happy by retaining it and keeping it. And then this leads us into the last thing that I'm going to say uh, and talk about today. And the last point, I'll spend a little bit more time here and we'll wrap it up, is in John 13, verse 17. Jesus is there speaking to his disciples, and I want to just focus on this statement that he made in verse 17, where he said to them, If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye. Do them, if ye do them. This is a very important verse in the Bible. And it kind of takes Proverbs 3.18 to the next level, because to retain wisdom, you you first got to retain it in your mind. You 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 can't forget about it. But here it's not just remembering it, it is doing something about it. This statement made by Jesus was to his disciples regarding their happiness. So if you are one of his disciples, you should take note. And in this verse, as I suggested at the beginning of the lesson today, happiness is a conditional condition, even for a disciple of Jesus. While salvation truly brings happiness about, getting saved and then not following through to live in obedience to what the Lord has shown you to do, that snuffs out your day-to-day happiness. And that's where we live. We live in the day-to-day. Everybody that's saved, born again washed in the blood, uh, they're going to live happily ever after, but on the way to happily ever, happily ever after, they might not live happily, although they could. So, so God, he wants you to not only learn, but to do knowledge is important, but it's not all about what you know about the Bible. It's what you do with what you know, uh, Jesus, he gave all kinds of helpful instructions, to disciples. And of course, now it was up to them to do something with those instructions. The Bible gives us all kinds of helpful instructions and insights and directives and commands and exhortations, but it's up to us to do something about it. And for the disciples, as well as us, obedience to what we know to do, that's what's going to bring about happiness. While failing to obey what we know we should do would bring about unhappiness. And so this might be a a real good time for you to, to take a little bit of inventory And I'll ask you a question, you need to consider it. Are you a happy Christian or are you an unhappy Christian? And and boy, that that almost doesn't even sound right, does it? Unhappy Christian. And yet I've met him and certainly you have as well. And, And if the answer, maybe you've even been one. And if so, if the answer is you are an unhappy Christian, you want to understand decisively that God is not at fault for that. Because God has given you all the tools for happiness. And if you are an unhappy Christian, the reason might just be right there in John 13, 17, which says, if ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. It might very well be that the reason for your unhappiness as a Christian is that you have failed to act on the light that the Lord has given you you failed to implement the truth that he's revealed to you. And, and that doesn't lead to happiness. Because again, if you know these things, happy are ye. if, if there's a condition, if you do them, do them. Therefore, if you don't do them, you don't get to be happy. I mean, I mean, how foolish are we? God tells us what to do to be happy. And then we try to find some other way. Or sometimes we think just because we heard it, we got it. No, you, you got to do something about it. And, and, and the Lord shows us what to do and God shows us light in his word. And then, you know what we want to do? Sometimes we want to turn off the light and pretend we didn't see it. Ah, yeah, but you did see it. And if you want to be happy, you got to act upon it. And the sooner you do, the sooner you'll be happy. And, and look, not only does failing to do the things the Lord has shown you to do lead to unhappiness, but according to another scripture, it is also a sin. James four, verse 17, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him it is sin. So knowing to do good and failing to do that good is a sin. And knowing to do good and failing to do that good forfeits your happiness. But knowing what the Lord wants you to do and doing it, that makes you happy. So, so again, take some inventory And if you're, if you're unhappy again, recognize, okay, God's given me the tools for happiness. And, and if, and if it's the root of it is that, okay, he's shown you something to do and you haven't done it, then get to the root. So, so what is it? What is that thing that you know you ought to be doing, but you're not doing that thing that the Lord has shown you to do from the scriptures, but you haven't acted upon it yet. Your happiness awaits on the other side of the door of your obedience. And, it, and it's up to you to walk through it. You know, James, he also told us in James chapter one and verse number 22 uh, of his little epistle. He said, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. Don't, don't deceive yourself about it. Just because you heard it, it, that doesn't mean you got it. You got to do something. Don't, don't try to think your way out of this. Don't try to pretend or assume that this is not at the root of why you're not a happy Christian. Because if you have identified an area or areas in which you have not yet obeyed, and you know that's what the Lord wants you to do. That's what you got to do. And look at, if that's the case, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Not that you haven't obeyed, but that a happy Christian life is sitting right there before you. It's waiting for you to take it. Because he said, if you know these things, happier are ye if you do them. So there are a number of promises that God has given regarding our happiness. God has promised us happiness. We just got to meet the conditions. It starts with salvation. That's the foundation and goes on through many other things. But to maintain that happiness, to to gain it and then to maintain it, you've got to do the things that you know the Lord has told you to do, the things that are right, the things that are scripture. Again, we we'll look at some scripture. And God will say this is what this is what you're supposed to do and and we don't want to do it so we'll brush it off and then go try to pursue something else to try to find contentment, fulfillment, and happiness. But God wants you to do what he wants you to do. So again, don't blow it off. Get to the root of the matter. Lay, lay the ax to the root of the trees and and dig into your happiness. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. And if you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Take hold of God's promise for happiness, many of them look in further in the scriptures and see what he tells you to do. And then when you are lacking that happiness, pour over those things and find out what you can do to get yourself happy in Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. You know, and I think for uh, many folks that have listened to this podcast, this episode, and thank you, Pastor Strobel for bringing it. I think many of us could, uh, maybe download this episode and and listen to it once a week and uh to keep you uh, where you need to be and uh, and on the right the right path. Mm-hmm. Let's check in with uh Pastor Matt and Pastor Steve.
0: Well, yeah, it was, it was looked, great. Go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. I'm
2: sorry. Okay. It was a great study, you know. I mean, this is this is something that I know. Growing up, uh, I'd always look into the future to try and find happiness. I'd always say, "Well, you know, once I get to this age and once I'm able to do these things, then I'll truly be happy." You know, and and I think that's that's a great study because you know even today, like like you just said, Dad, it's it's one of those things where you know we as Christians, if we're even if we're saved right now, you know, we've accepted Christ as our Savior. It's, it's one of those things that uh, sometimes I think we look ahead and say, "Well." if I get this or this happens, you know, I'll, I'll truly be real happy, you know? And I remember, you know, growing up in in high school and I used to look forward and say, well, you know, I'll I'll be a lot more happy once I get my own place. And I go to college, I could be an adult and make up my own decisions, go to bed as late as I want, you know? And, And, uh, and then I got to college and, and, uh, and I wasn't happy, you know, and so then I said, well, but, you know, once I get out of college and graduate out of college, you know, in two years, or three years, four years, whatever it'll be, that's when I'll truly be happy, and I kept on looking towards the future, I'd say, well, then I'll get a great job, you know, and I'll make a good amount of money, and I'll get a brand new car, you know, and that's, I mean, once I get a sports car, I'll be so happy, you know, and, and, uh, and buy a bunch of things that'll make me happy, and <laughs> so I'm looking to the future to find happiness, and then, and then uh, I graduated college and and got my you know got a good job you know got a nice car all that stuff and I still, you know I, you know it brings happiness for a while for maybe a month or two and then it's just kind of the you know the the newness of everything kind of fades away they're like boy but then if I can get this better car you know and, and you know I I think it's easily people are always looking to the future. And, and so then after that, I said, well, once I retire, <laughs> you know, once I, once I retire, so let me work on getting my retirement plan. And, and even when, I, you know, I was still working at my x-ray job, I was an extra tech for 11 years, uh, at my x-ray job, you know, people always looked forward to retirement. They said, well, I, I, I know then I'll be able to travel and I'll be able to spend more time at home. And that's when I'll truly be happy. And, and people would even say it, you know? And, and so I think it's one of those things where, as Pastor Strobel said, it's, it's like a leaf in the wind or paper in the wind. It's, it's elusive, but they say, but if I just go a little bit further or a little bit more down the road, that's when the happiness will come. And, and, uh, it never comes, you know, cause you're always looking for the, towards the wrong things or, you know, not knowing that you can get it through Christ. And, and, uh, you know, I thing that I think made me pretty unhappy was, uh, and I didn't really understand that at the time because I wasn't saved, but of course once I got saved and, you know, that's Trouble said in this first point, that's what brings, you know, the ultimate happiness, and that's, and that's when you're able to uh, have access to the true happiness. But, but in Matthew six nineteen, 19, you know this verse real, real well, but it says, "...lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also." And so my treasure, I was looking just down here on the earth, you know, and as and, and Solomon did, you know, and uh, he said, you know, everything under the sun here is just, you know, vanity. And uh, and you get to be like that, you know, and you say, well, I thought this would make me happy, but it's not, because that's where my treasure was. And and uh, those things lose their loss, so they start to rust. I mean, I remember my, I had that 2000, what was it, 2003 Toyota Celica, you know, I had a body kit on the thing, you know, when I first graduated. High school and and uh, I was like, wow, this is an amazing vehicle, you know, six speed manual transmission, you know. And then after a few months, I was like, oh yeah, but I want this, you know. And and so it's just like that, you know. I wasn't I wasn't seeking those things, you know, in heaven. And um, and ultimately, whether you're saved or not, you know, Revelation four eleven. Um, you know, a lot of people ask, well, what's my purpose in life? You know, why am I here? And and I think, you know, as as we've seen. I think the most important thing is making sure God's happy with your life and with what you're doing and then you'll be you know, you'll be satisfied knowing you're doing what you were put here on the earth for and Revelation four eleven, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And uh you know that's that's so important to you know satisfy God with your life and then you'll be satisfied and be happy and and uh, that's what I was missing. And uh, and again, you know, if we're not careful as Christians, as Pastor Trouble already stated, we could lose that happiness and be miserable because we're not uh, we're not you know seeking those things above first. So, Amen. Great study, Pastor Trouble.
0: Well, amen. Uh, let me chime in as well. Uh, some of the things that Matt was talking about, you know, the, this world's got a crazy idea. You know, there's testimonies uh, that you can find. Of uh, the rich and famous that uh, have been striving for happiness. And, and the world would look at some of these people as, as thinking that they are happy when in real life uh, they're not. I mean, they put on a persona for the public that they are, but uh, in real life they're not. And uh, yep. no. I did a little bit of research here and, and I'm not going to go through it other than the highlight. Uh, ple- uh, happiness is not found in pleasure. Uh, Happiness is not found in money. Happiness is not found in position or fame. And happiness is not found in military glory. Uh, Just for that last one, uh, it's not found in military glory. Alexander the Great conquered the known world of his day. And uh, at the end, he was sitting in his tent and he was crying because there were no more worlds to conquer. Mm. Uh, He was not happy even that he had all those military conquests. And uh, unfortunately, people... Uh, find, try to find happiness in things when it's actually in a person, and then that's the Lord. Uh, when I think of that, I think of Paul. That the first thing when he, when we talked about happiness, uh, the first thing I thought about was was the apostle Paul standing before uh, I believe it was Agrippa, mm. and he said, "I think myself happy." Uh, to in essence, in the context of that that statement, that he's able to speak for himself and give a testimony. And so he preaches before uh, uh, Agrippa and those that are around there in that court. And he testifies, you know, uh, of his salvation and how God saved him and then preaches to him a bit. And Agrippa makes that famous statement, says, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. But Paul finishes up and says in verse 29 of Acts 26 and says, Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but all that hear me this day, were both as, uh, almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. And uh, Paul uh, sought that he was happy to be able to tell the story of Jesus, uh, to be able to preach to these folks uh, the, the grace of God and what, what God did for him and what he could do for them. And uh, that's, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, there's there's an excitement, a joy, and enthusiasm that you can have when you uh, when you want to tell people about Jesus Christ Amen. and uh, the happiness yeah. that you found that you can uh, relate to another person, and uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians out there that are unwilling to. I, I hate to use this word, but share. <laughs> and those that are those that are here on the podcast know what I'm talking about when I say that. But but to share their testimony with others, and uh, they are either timid or afraid or uh, just angry for whatever reason and uh, don't want to tell the story of Jesus. And there's there's a tremendous thrill and excitement and happiness uh, when you tell that story because it reinforces what God has already done for you. And another related topic, you know, you, you talk about that contentment. Uh, I remember here, and this is, happens all the time, I'm just going to give one example of it. Uh, but uh, earlier this summer, when we were allowed by our governor to have family over and, and uh, to be able to uh, fellowship with family, uh, we were having some sort of a get-together in our, in our backyard, and, and we don't have anything fancy or anything like that, but had some of our grandkids playing out in the, in the backyard. They're running around and chasing each other and laughing and joking and playing around, and my wife and I were sitting in lawn chairs together, and we were holding hands And uh, the thought to myself was said, I think myself happy, (laughs) you know, and just, just, you know, just enjoying the blessings that God has bestowed upon me and upon my family and uh, watching them play around and enjoy themselves and laughing and joking and, and all because of decisions that my wife and I made to receive Jesus Christ as our savior. All because we decided that we wanted to live for him and not for ourselves. And all because of God's just blessing. I mean, there have been enough things that happened in our lives with our kids where it was touch and go, whether we were going to have them or not, whether we were going to keep them or not. And uh, God just uh, saw us through and and provided and blessed. And and we were able to enjoy the fruits of that and and just to, to as I said, to think ourselves happy. So... Uh, there is happiness out there. Sometimes people are looking for the grand and glorious when all it is is really in the simple things that uh, the Lord has provided and, and being content with such things as you have. So praise the Lord. Thanks. Thank you, Pastor Strobel, for the study. It was a great a reminder and encourager. So I appreciate that.
1: Amen. So, yes, I think uh, many of us would do well to download this episode and and, uh, maybe go over it once a week. I think it's uh, well worth the time to, you know, maybe even go through it again and pause it and look up those verses if you didn't hear the first time through and make notes and write those down and and really meditate on the Word and, and see if, in fact, those things aren't so. But. You know, without Christ, uh, vanity, vanity, all is vanity, as Ecclesiastes yeah, says. And you know that you can try and go your own way, but without Christ and, and the Lord and the Bible, and and uh, get saved, do right. You know that's that's important. And also, as Pastor Strobel said, you know, hanging out with with uh, complainers and, and naysayers and, and lost folks and, and unhappy Christians doesn't doesn't do you well doesn't serve you well to to serve the Lord, and I know that even for this podcast, it's a it's a it's a joy for me to come with these brothers in Christ and and to uh, we have some banter before the podcast and during the podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> after the podcast and it's a, it's just a lot of fun and so being well, with with uh, Christians that are uh, saved and serving is makes a big makes a big difference in your walk too and. And I'd encourage you, if you uh, haven't found those folks, to seek them out. They're there. And uh, maybe a little bit harder now with the pandemic and, and uh, things that are going on. But, you know, so many people aren't happy. Turn on the TV. You'll see it. A lot yeah. of unhappy people in the streets today. So. Yeah. yeah. Amen. So amen. And thank you again, Pastor, for, you know, bringing the study. And I know that um, I've caught a few of his episodes uh, that he's been preaching and streaming on uh being happy, and, and I've enjoyed him. And I I also put a bug uh, in his ear and said, hey, should do a thing on happy. That, that's really good. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm blessed that uh, you were able to do it, and, and the Lord allowed you to do so, and much appreciated. Amen. Amen. All right, I think I said it, it's been nine years. Actually, we're coming up on, um, what is it, 11 years now?
0: Yeah. Wow, unbelievable. Yeah. We're getting old.
1: Time. <laughs> time is flying by. <clears throat> but amen. Anything else before we uh before I start up the music.
4: Sure, let me just praise the Lord for a new grandbaby. Ah. Amen. He was due October the 15th, but uh, they uh, induced uh, mommy early because he wasn't growing like he should from, because of some complications, and so he was actually born last Thursday and got a chance to go up and see him yesterday. A little bitty thing, praise the Lord, he finally got come come home from the hospital, and, and even after complications after the birth, and worried about the low blood sugar and different things like that, but we're praising the Lord, and um, God's good all the time, And it's yeah, uh, but it's uh, a special blessing just to Enjoy those blessings Amen. as Brother yes. Steve illustrated a little while ago.
1: Amen. 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 So true. Well, it's Lord, a word for
4: that, brother.
0: Amen.
1: Lord willing, we will uh, reconvene here to, uh, soon again, Lord willing, at a future date. And again, thank you, Pastor Strobel, Pastor Steve, and uh, Pastor Matt, for joining us again, taking time out of your schedules and uh, your schedules that are listening to the podcast to um, join us. We're glad that you did. And also be sure to go to thatsinthebible.com, all one word, thatsinthebible.com, and you can get uh, show notes, you can get a uh, whole bunch of different things. And, and um, we'll put up some more pictures of the That's in the Bible t-shirt. Don't forget to, uh, to uh, send us an email with your name so we can, Lord willing, draw your name out of a hat and and uh, you'll be the proud or well pleased recipient of the uh, that's, that's in the Bible uh, T-shirt that Pastor Strobel is wearing, wearing. On, our, on our website.
2: And he looks happy. He looks happy. Yeah, put the
1: Think it's the sh- think it's the shirt.
2: That could be. It could it. be.
1: <laughs> man, you got to go back and listen to that podcast one more time.
2: That's point. That's point six. He didn't put on there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, guys. Well, amen. We'll see you again next time, Lord willing. And, uh, and uh, do what you know it to, be, to be right. Night
0: on, many will, many will meet their doom. Trumpets, will, Trumpets will surely sound. All of the
2: dead shall rise. Righteous be in, in the skies. Going where, going we're going where no one dies. Heavenward by. Shall rise righteous me in the skies, going
3: Go where, where no one dies. Heavenward by
1: This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716 584 Again, that's 716 584 As always, thanks for listening and press on.
4: Well, there you go. (laughs) A bunch of happy people. They they really
0: (laughs) like that podcast there, brother. They They were happy. Oh, brother.